I'm sorry. I had a hard time getting in. No, that's okay. Actually, I could add in. So I just added you right now. That's no problem. I'm so happy to see you. It's so nice to see you. And I'm excited to be here and, and hopefully help some people, entrepreneurs, um, anybody interested in fitness. I'm just happy to help. Absolutely. I mean, thank you so much for being on my show, Jane. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Yes. So uh, to all our dear audiences, this is Jane Ellen Kurth, the founder and CEO of FitFix Now and Health You. Uh, she is our very own dynamic and enterprising entrepreneur. Now, Jane, I also know that you are very passionate, avidly into teaching uh, in the fitness industry. Um, how has this been for you? Because you've had your own magnificent career in your own niche. Uh, tell us a little bit about your holistic experience throughout this. Okay. Um, throughout my career, how, yes. you know, initially I was a ballet dancer and I owned a ballet studio. So, okay. you know, fitness exercise has always been important to me, but I had graduate degrees in kinesiology and health and um, decided once I had three sons, once they were all in school, to go to teaching at the college level. Always been a dream of mine. So um, was hired at a, a Georgia State school and loved teaching. I've, I've always loved, you know, I, I love dance and I love health and fitness, but I, at heart, I'm a teacher and I want to help people and educate them. Um, so I taught, I, I was more of a temporary full-time. I wasn't tenure track. And there was an opening at Emory University in Atlanta. And I applied for that position and got it. And um, really missed the school I came from because they, when I left, they were really start, starting to do online education. And um, my mentor at the university said, you need to take all the courses that the college is offering on online education because it's going to be the wave of the future. And I took her advice and it, I love teaching face to face, but there was a challenge to do online education and to engage the students and help them feel like they were part of the course of the community. Sure. So uh, th that was a passion of mine. And I also went further into doing what's called, um, Quality Matters. It's, it's a rubric for um, public schools and for college and universities, different rubrics, to make sure an online class is a quality class. And so I would review courses from other institutions in any discipline. Like I could review uh, a biology course because there were certain standards it had to hit. So um, I did that. Um, I, I went back to my original college, got hired tenure track. And um, that kind of started the journey to help you and FitFix Now. 
Sure, absolutely. I think that sounds amazing because I know uh, virtual classes, the training can be really challenging because you're not, you don't have a humane touch to that. So exactly. um, I'm very inquisitive to know this. Where does this inspiration stem out from? I'm very uh, interested to know. Uh, going in to help you, help yes. you was my yes. first venture. Uh, okay. As a online entrepreneur. I felt like I was an entrepreneur uh, when I opened my dance studio because, you know, that was a brick and mortar store. But um, as an online, especially um, at my age, to be an online technology person um, was interesting because there aren't many people. Now, one thing that really led me to start Health You was I... Um, created a course for the university. Um, it was just a fitness walking course. But, and this was probably 2009, they had to get a heart rate monitor. And so okay. we would do, um, we would get a resting heart rate, we'd do a pretest fitness assessment, and then to see what category of fitness they were in. And then for 10 weeks, I was their personal trainer looking at heart rate data. So okay. I would let them know if they worked out long enough, hard enough, frequently enough. And of course their grade would reflect if they didn't do their workouts. It was yes. so successful. It was so, right. so, in fact, I got nominated for a, a state award for, for the course. And, um, I thought, you know, if this is working, so, people were saying this changed my life. I'm feeling better. I've lost weight. I'm looking better. And I thought, Oh, if this is important for college students, what about, you know, the general public? And so I went more into corporate wellness for companies. And okay. I did that for a while, but, I got a little discouraged because I thought it's difficult to get a um, just anybody out there to strap on a heart rate monitor and go do a workout. They yes, just I they agree. Could yeah. agree more. <laughs> they were very sedentary. So I, um, I know. Yeah, I know, and it was frustrating <laughs> because I think the secret to the college students that took the course, number one was the grade, but they had accountability. And so I thought that accountability would, would motivate them. And, and mm. for a lot of people it did, because one person said, oh, I know that if you're gonna be looking out at my workouts on Wednesday, if I only have in two by Tuesday, I'm gonna make sure I go and do a yeah. workout. So that was great. but. Um, there were some people that that accountability really didn't matter for. I know. So I got a little disappointed. I think that all the motivation, I mean, it's very difficult to give that push and exhilaration, you know? So yeah. I, I, it's very difficult, very challenging for you, right? It, it Yes. And yeah. so and for I anyone thought, out there. One of, I'm also certified to be a personal trainer yeah. and one of my pain points was that I got certified to be a personal trainer in 1998 and we had to take a written test and wait weeks to find out if we passed. 
And because of my teaching at university, I really wasn't training many people. So I let it lapse. I thought, okay, okay. you know, I'll, I'll let it go. And then in um, probably t 2010, I decided to go before the college senate and, and get personal training course approved for college students because I thought this would give them some extra income while they're yes. while they're a student at you know uh, at a better rate than you know just minimum wage so um I went before the college senate I got it approved and then I thought how can I teach this course if I'm not certified so I went through the pain of taking the four-hour <laughs> exam again and I thought okay oh, I wish I had kept up with my continuing education and I would not have had to take the exam again. So, because I mean, it, it, I taught it for so many years, but the stress of the exam and, you know, I, I just wish I had continued with my continuing education. And one problem for personal trainers was that most of them got their, uh, continuing education by expensive conferences where they may have yes. to travel far uh, or they would get print material in the mail, it, which seemed antiquated for the 21st century. So I thought, yes. I don't want to create online continuing education courses using the education model okay. and, and create courses that are affordable they're convenient and they're totally online. Okay. So that's kind of the evolution from help you to FitFix now. Yes, I think the evolution is really, I can see the graphical, the way it's, it was an embryo stage and the way it yes. picks up, the idea became an action. And now I think it's absolutely, um, you know, massive a FitFix now. It's amazing what you guys do. This is something that most of the students wanted and needed for, uh, you know, for getting that extra edge, as you mentioned. So absolutely yeah. fantastic. Now, uh, I'm sure the pandemic has, um, you know, changed your life in some way, both on a professional and personal front. Yeah. Uh, how has your life been now post the outbreak of the coronavirus? Because I know um, all the guests that we've had on uh, on the Tenzin show before, everybody has their own way of defining yeah. the way they have responded to the situation. Yes. So um, how has it been for you post the outbreak of the pandemic? Well, personally, I, I you know, it's been difficult. I know my son put on Facebook right after we were um, in the home, you know, isolated, that he listed 10 things he missed. And the first one he said was hugs from my mom. And so that was meaningful to me, you know, that he really missed my hugs. So I, I miss not having close contact with my family. I miss not really seeing my grandchildren because they grow up so fast. And one yes. grandchild lives in Atlanta, but I have two grandchildren in New Orleans, Louisiana. So those, those are the personal things. The, okay. uh, the business is, it's been really interesting. Um, I've worked from home for a long time, so that hasn't been, I do have 
co-working space at a technology hub in Atlanta. Um, but I primarily work from home. So that hasn't been too much of an adjustment. The biggest thing has been trying to help the trainers that are out of work. Um, I know in March, our sales were okay. And April had a, had a very good month of sales. In May, it's down. And then June has been really down. I, I think in the United States, the gyms being closed, even though a lot of them are reopening, um, has taken a toll on the personal training. But, but the first thing I tried to do, because we do have a free course um, to, to give people a sample of, that is approved by several agencies, just to give them a, an idea of what the process is like. But initially with the pandemic, I wanted to get out a course on how to quickly get online to train clients, to try to help the trainers not lose as much income. And so we created a free course that was not for continuing ed credit. It was just for information to try to do what we could to help these trainers during this difficult time, because my heart goes out to them. Um, yes. I mean, there's so many occupations that, that do, but, but they're in my realm. And, and so I just yeah. feel so bad for the trainers. Yes. And I think a lot of personal trainers, or anybody for that matter, uh, adhere to more theory. But yeah. no matter how much theory you have, if you are not practically there with your clients, whether it's virtual or, you know, actually working with them gives you that firsthand experience and expertise. Uh, so you've had that. You've had a quotient of experience and expertise. What would be your golden advice to, uh, you know, aspiring personal trainers or anybody in the fitness industry trying to make a mark? Well, I think the future of personal training is going to change, um, which isn't a bad thing, uh, but it's probably going to be challenging. I think if a trainer does not train online, and in the U.S., there are a lot of trainers that do not train online. I think that will be necessary. I still think it's going to be necessary to do face-to-face -face training. Um, it, but it's going to be essential to take the precautions. Um, a friend of mine has a gym in Arizona and he's more, he's not just a boutique gym. He is just a personal training facility. So a lot of his is just one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so it's, it's easier to social distance, to wear masks. Um, he can even train outside, but um, small groups, you know, you just got to be careful. You don't want to make it, make it more dangerous for the client. They've got to feel like they're safe. True. True. Very true. I think uh, now, as you mentioned, even on a pro professional and both personal front, you have been affected. Now, how are you taking care of your mental health throughout all, all this? Because situation is perpetually changing. Nothing is constant now. Never in our wildest dreams do we ever think of something like the coronavirus. Right. But it just erupted one day. And uh, so uh, how have you been taking care of your mental health now? That's a great 
Great question. Uh, primarily through meditation. Okay. Um, I, I have done a course with a physician in the U.S. who um, has studied meditation and has, uh, she created a course on meditation. I took that because it was excellent and have the meditation, the mindfulness, gratitude is huge. Um, I'm doing some consulting work with a company that works with a lot of seniors that are, you know, 80s, 90s. And um, I do a weekly session with them on spiritual wellness and well-being and emotional wellness and well-being. So as I study what I'm going to talk to them about, you know, it, it encourages me to increase those types of things like the mindfulness, like enjoying nature, um, being grateful, random acts of kindness. Those things are what enhance the quality of my life. And that's what wellness and well-being is all about is enhancing the quality of your life. Absolutely. So what kind of meditation did you, do you do? Like analytical meditation, theoretical meditation, what kind of any speciality that you are, you know, Yeah, this is more the, the it, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, the Vedic, Vedic meditation. Um, Vedic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, okay. that's more what she teaches. So that's what mm -hmm. I've been um, practicing. Um, sure. And it's, it's amazing my level of anxiety has gone down. Mm. I'm not as anxious. I'm not as fearful. Um, talking with the seniors once a week, we last week we were talking about fears and how fears usually are based on our thoughts. And, and it, it may be a, a legitimate fear, but it may be like, I have a fear of snakes and okay. most snakes are not harmful, but <laughs> most of us do fear snakes. Yeah. yeah. Right. And um, my, when I was young growing up, my brother would show up with a snake to scare my mom, thought it was funny. Okay. But so I think part of my fear is learned, um, right. but some people love snakes. So, you know, it's kind of how I perceive it. Right. So, so I've also, actually, I may be wrong here, but you do have a dance group, do you? A dance group? Yes. Not, oh, you know, I, yes. I, Silver. I'm, not, I'm not currently dancing with them, but last year I danced uh -huh. with uh, an over 50 hip hop okay. dance team that, um, danced at the Atlanta Hawks, which is in Atlanta, Georgia, our basketball team, our professional basketball team. So that, that was, sounds I, you know, dance is my love. I still take ballet class, even if it's online, uh, a virtual class, because um, ballet, it has always been a way to um, escape into myself and think about the technique, the body placement. I've always loved to study movement and analyze. 
and how to make it better. So um, ballet is just, it's like therapy for me too. I mean, it's not easy for a, for a lot of us. It requires a lot of dedication, religiousness. I think uh, you have to be very disciplined to be practicing that. You must have done it from a really young age, right? Ballet? I did. I started very young and then left it for a while because I really wanted to pursue more being an ice skater. And, you know, the ballet would help that. But then in my teens went back to ballet. Okay. Actually, a lot of my graduate work was in dance. Okay. That sounds exciting because I know that you're not someone who sort of um, is, is sitting in this one box. You want to keep experimenting, keep being adventurous, you know? That's yeah. something that I've noticed about you, which I think a lot of us should try because how would you know you like something if you don't try? So you have to try everything. It's trial and error, right? Exactly. Um, fantastic. Now, and not practice it poorly. You know, you got to try it and be okay if it's not the best. Sure. Sure, you're going to fail, but for sure you're going to know your strengths and weaknesses. You're going to yes. work on them. So what are your principles of success? Because this is a question I ask all my guests on the show. And yeah. what is of paramount importance is that people, the audience, must learn from you? from your success story, right? So what are your principles of success and what is your way of success? What is your definition of success? Well, initially when I think about success, I think about balance in my life. Um, because, and that includes my occupational uh, success, but um, you really wanna balance your life. You want to balance it in the physical, dimension, the emotional, the um, spiritual, the occupational, you, you want to have a balance because if you're too heavy on one side, something's not going to be um, good. I, you know, it was always important for me to balance my family. Uh, raising my, my sons was, uh, you know, so important to me and I'm so, they're, you know, all you know, adults now and, and doing well, very successful in their own realms. My um, middle son has a PhD in mathematics. And um, so, and my oldest son is, is an attorney. So, uh, and my youngest son helps me with BitFix now. He's a writer and a marketer. Um, and so I, I think there's gotta be a balance I think, and, and when you consider your work, you want to work smart. I mean, you know, everybody says work hard. And, and it is important to work hard, but it's also important to work smart. smart. Know Absolutely. what's important and what needs to be done. And can someone else help you do it? Or do you have to be the only one doing it? I've struggled with delegating. I'll tend to say, oh, I'll take on that. I'll take on that. And I've learned over the years, because I am in my 60s, that it's important to know when to ask for help and allow others to help you. I think it's important to pursue your passion. You know, if you pursue your passion, you, you, have, um, you have a high level 
of occupational wellness. You really enjoy and love what you do. And, and I've, I'm very fortunate to have that. Um, I like to collaborate. I like to help one another. For example, with FitFix Now, we have several um, course partners, like um, someone's expertise may be in youth fitness. So we have him do youth courses. Um, I do a lot of the senior fitness courses. Uh, I have a registered dietitian that does the nutrition courses. Um, so, you know, I like to collaborate um, with other professionals. And I really think it's important to be kind. I, I think kindness goes a long, long way. And, and saying that I count, but you count too. Uh, I, think, I think that's essential. Um, yes. And so my definition, I think, of success was, would be living a well-balanced life that gives you satisfaction and joy and contentment. True, because I think oftentimes what's very important for us to fathom here is we scrutinize everything. And we are always judging ourselves. Did I do this right? Did I do this wrong? It's okay yeah. to be wrong. And as Jane mentioned, all of you here, please listen to this. Don't burn yourself out. It's important to get things done, but don't go all mad over that. So have a good balance in your life because when you are burnt out, you're, you're not going to be able to perform your best, whether it's on a professional level or on a personal level. So maintaining that balance is very important because we need energy. We need that energy. Wise amount of energy must be used and channelized in the right direction. So uh, be kind, be compassionate. And as Jane mentioned, whenever you are on your route to success, uplift other people. Uh, that is very, very important because the world today needs that. Needs people who support one another, uplift one another, and love one another, keeping away hate, judgment, and all the preconceived notions that we have other, about other people. So uh, thank you so much, Jane. This was an amazing session with you. I hope uh, the audiences have taken back something worthy and meaningful. Uh, you were super positive, super uh, empowering and inspirational. Uh, it was my pleasure having you on my show. Tenzin, it was my pleasure. And thank you so, so much. Thank you very much, Jane. Sending love to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.